And we're back with another episode of That's Haram. I'm Corey. Sahara's joining me. Hello, hello. Assalamualaikum. And I'm going to let Sahara give you an overview of what we're talking about today. Sure. So if any of you have been paying attention and spent any time there, you will probably have seen that Jada Pinkett Smith is producing, or as produced, the movie's already happened, um, a movie written by... A Muslim author about yet another Muslim hijabi who is mad because she wants to date a white man. And that's not really what the movie's about, but that's what the trailer is depicting. And we were tired because it's not necessarily that the specific movie is the problem. We're just tired of the same story always being Muslim boy or girl wants to date white Muslim opposite gendered person um, because obviously gay Muslims don't exist. And just the idea that, like, we always have to have the same story of, like, my culture, my, like, immigrant parents aren't going to agree with my choices, and I want to eat some bacon and drink some alcohol and do haram things, which we've talked about at length on this podcast. But instead of just complaining for another hour, which we could do, but is really boring, we said we would talk about some things that we would like to see in the media, including media about reverb and people who've converted to Islam, and just the idea that, like, our stories are much more than just us trying to date someone or be with people who our quote-unquote parents aren't going to agree with because that's really boring and not all Muslims have that experience. Also, I I do want to emphasize it's not that we're necessarily mad that this movie exists because I, I am happy that we're seeing, you know, some YA film about it, but we're saying we would like to move beyond this one particular story that we see a trend of if we do get stories about this this is like the only story that's being told yep and funnily enough i found out earlier today that this writer actually wrote for the season the season one the first season of rami which says a lot um and also it's frustrating because they didn't ask any of the women writers back for season two so that's the whole separate discussion of again we can write these stories, but then after the stories happen, we don't really move forward, which is really frustrating right. because there's so many more Muslims on the planet. And, like, if we're going to do the dating story, fine. But what about Muslims who want to date other Muslims? I mean, the majority of Muslims, I would assume statistically, are marrying other Muslims for whatever reason. So, like, it doesn't have to be someone who's, like, we don't need to have the, like, uh not only are they white, but they're also not Muslim. So it's going to be doubly awful and my parents are going to hate me and, like, my life is falling apart. It's just, it's tiring. Well, and to me, and again, I have a different approach to this because, you know, revert later in my life. Yeah, of course. You know, I wasn't born Muslim and grew up with that religion. It's, uh, you, you see, it seems to be there's always a conflict of super conservative parents. Kid doesn't want to be as conservative. Kid is painted in the right, but then still has to somehow reconcile with the parents and what to me what is a bit tiresome is it's always painting you know quote unquote islam as this stodgy conservative entity that the protagonist has to navigate and i don't necessarily think that that's always the best story to be telling because there's nothing yeah. about we don't see stories where you know, you have someone who is excited or happy or, you know, just content with themselves who is Muslim and isn't having these quandaries of, oh, I want to go do haram things outside of, you know, I'm a teenager and 
I'm prone to doing haram things, but that's across the board no matter what religion you are. But there's no stories of people who are just not battling against being Muslim. Right. It's just so unimaginative. Mm -hmm. I think that's what really gets me is that there are how many billions of Muslims on this planet from how many different backgrounds and cultures. And then the default is always going to be about romance and like, there's just so much more in our lives. And again, it goes back to like, I'm Bangladeshi and the number of super religious Bangladeshi people I know and the number of non-religious, whatever you want to define that as devout, blah, blah, blah. Like there are plenty of, Muslim parents who are like, yeah, my parents, my parent, <laughs> my child has a boyfriend or a girlfriend and I don't care because there are halal ways, whatever you want to define halal as here of dating. It doesn't have to be, again, this very depressing, narrow. distressing, mm-hmm. narrow understanding of like, my parents are going to kick me out of my home. And to be clear, there are absolutely families who will do that. I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't families who are like that and that's a discussion to be having, but if that's the only depiction that you're going to show, then we constantly have the same problem then of like, who are the people watching this film, right? Because it premiered as an international film festival, who goes to film festivals? There's a whole discussion then to be having about who is watching Rami. I didn't see a single Muslim person review that show. And I follow a lot of critics on Twitter, Right. Mm-hmm. All of these really um, thoughtful critics were like, oh, my God, this show is really cool. Like, look at all the stuff that it's saying. And it's just like I wanted to shake all of them and be like, are you sure this is the only thing you're going to get out of Rami or what? And it's not just Rami. It's like every movie that's come out with a brown man with his wife, wife or girlfriend. It's just so annoying. Well, and also, again, um, you know, this is something that I've shared with Sahar, um, and I'm not going to name names, but, you know, at the masjid I go to, there is an auntie whose son is gay, and she doesn't give a rat's ass about the fact that he's gay, but she is hell-bent that any kid she dates is going to halal date. <laughs> it doesn't matter who yeah. the kid like, is what? in love with, but she wants it to be halal. And, like, she's going as far as, like, oh, I should come up with guidelines for if your kid is LGBTQ, how they can, you know, you know, uh, halal date that way. And I'm like, instead of this whole, (laughs) it is super precious and so wholesome. But instead of this whole, we always show, oh, we're kicking you out of the house. I'm like, okay, so we're not going to act like non-Muslims aren't kicking their kids out of the house either for even just being gay. Right. Absolutely. And what gets me is like, how beautiful that would be. Wow. I cannot speak. How beautiful would it be to show that story? How Mm -hmm. amazing would it be for that to be the International Film Festival nominee of, you know, here's this really cute movie with a couple of aunties trying to get together and putting the auntie surveillance network to good use of finding a bunch of gay Muslims so that their kids can haul date. That would be amazing. I would watch that yesterday. There's a rom-com right there. Boom. On the table. You're welcome. Right. And so, again, it just goes back to like, we have to be more imaginative because at the end of the day, representation doesn't change the world, but it sure as hell affects it. It affects your perception. (laughs) And if all we're seeing of, you know, Muslim young people dating is this very restrictive, oh, my parents are going to kill me. My parents are going to hate me. I have to sneak around and do all sorts of haram things. Right. That's the perception that non-Muslims are going to have of us. You know, go, go back and look at that super, super cursed haram film. God's not dead. It's that Christian film. It's it's garbage to begin with. But the Muslim plot in there is that's what all those Christians who go to see that film, that's what they get to see of Islam. And it is super haram and very, very wrong. But 
you know, that's what people are seeing. And why do we want to keep putting that story out over and over again? Why can't we have stories about, you know, even just girls in high school that aren't interested in dating because they have a bunch of other hobbies and, you know, they're nerds and their parents are just like, hey, do you want to go out more? You know, do you want to get away from the computer? Oh, okay. Well, we have this whole film about I want to go to a Comic-Con and now mom and dad have to understand this whole thing I'm into. Why can't we have those stories? I mean, literally, Kamala Khan is right there. <laughs> There's so much yeah. inspiration that you can pull from that already exists and just really make fun. Because the thing, too, is, like, I think about my cousins. They're the ones who this stuff is kind of... It's it's probably marketed towards, obviously, like, the film critics of the world, but also it's marketed towards younger viewers and just, like, oh, this is your experience, too. And again, like, yes, it is some people's experience, but there are plenty of people who are young teenage Muslims who just don't care, it's not important to them to be worrying about what the next white person is going to think of them. And I keep saying white because the movies always have a white person. It's never interracial. God forbid we ever get a show or a movie about a South Asian person trying to date a black person that's dealt with uh, realistically and also um, very uh, critically in a good way because obviously that can land itself in a whole bunch of racist mess. And so, again, it always goes back to who is the viewer and who is the being created for and I don't begrudge any of these writers Rami Minhal Beg whoever for telling their stories I'm not saying that their stories aren't valid it's just only one story and you know don't get us started I mean we are going to talk about revert movies and convert movies but that case it's always here's this person who joined this really intense terrorist religion and now they're going to like fight against the white people even though they are white and it just turns into this really messy thing where again the only uh representation that people see of Muslims are they're either dealing with their parents who hate them for liking someone outside of their religion or they're really intense and want to go blow things up which is awful well and again when you come back to these are the only stories being told it also denies all of the other stories that are out there it it kind of it's this implication that this is obviously the only story that exists but you know like I talked about you know the Muslim teenagers that are way more into, like, cosplay and their fandoms and whatever, or, you know, right. that they have their other hobbies, or they're just fine with halal dating, or they have... There are so many other things that can be going on. And even beyond teenagers, you know, Muslim adults. Yeah, absolutely. I know we live in a culture that is currently obsessed with casual hookups and, like, dating, but, you know, people who just come to our site, you know, like, they could tell you that that's not all I am. I'm not just who I date. I have right, X, absolutely. Y, and Z interests. I work this job. I went to this university or I trained myself this way. And I have all this other stuff going on in my life that it doesn't apply to dating drama. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's the thing. Even if you're going to do the romance story, then st- then jump in after the romance has started. Jump in mm-hmm. after the family has gone through the part of, okay, we're going to have some trouble figuring stuff out. Because Give me I'm a wedding hijinks story. Yeah, like, there are plenty of Muslims I know who married white people and their family got over it after, like, week one of being like, okay, this is different, but it's going to be fine. And then it's really fun to watch them create a family together. I mean, we could talk about the millions of ways to make that story happen. And in fact, to get super religious on you for a second... There's something to be said about the fact that in Islam, there's definitely an understanding of, like, who you marry and that kind of thing is already set in stone. 
So to be constantly showing families who are just angry about their kid marrying someone who's not of the same culture or religion is silly because at the end of the day, like, it's going to happen whether you think it's going to or not. I mean, that's why we say inshallah, if God wills it, right? And so that's another thing that always gets me because, like, it's boring. Give us something more. I know plenty of interracial Bangladeshi and Muslim relationships. Like, there's Nabila Noor, who's a Bengali makeup artist. Her parents love her husband. They went to Bangladesh this summer. They're living their best lives. The story, you know, yeah, people are constantly asking her on YouTube, like, tell me about what your parents thought. Because, again, all we've ever known is the parents are going to hate it. So we're mm-hmm. always asking that instead of, like, no, like, my parents didn't care. Like, they were just happy I found someone who loved me for me, blah, blah, blah. And so, again, we're constantly pushing this narrative of Muslim parents don't accept their kids for who they are. And are there Muslim parents who don't? Yes. Is there a discussion to be had about cultural shenaniganery? Absolutely. But that's not what's actually happening. Instead, it's turning into almost like this flanderized stereotype. Yes. Like that's the only trait, essentially. Um, but like I said, like, there's is so many stories you could tell just by, like, wedding hijinks. Like, yeah. Room winds up on the wrong continent and has to figure out how he's going to get <laughs> back to what country he's supposed to be in because travel shenanigans, you know? Like, there's so right. many fun ways you can tell these stories. Or even if you don't want them to be comedies, there's still ways that you can tell these right. stories that are meaningful that don't fall back on tropified ideas that are like the only thing that's been put out there before um you know like maybe there's an illness maybe there's um a death in the family or maybe there's you know some your spouse gets fired or your spouse Mm -hmm. there are so many external things you could talk about we see drama movies all the time where you know one spouse is taking on the machine well why can't one of the you know the big evil corporate machine well why can't one of them be muslim yeah. Why can't both absolutely. of them be Muslim? Why can't and we have, why can't we have those stories? Right. And you mentioned it's before like marginalized Yeah, go ahead. Well I was just gonna say marginalized identities just never get to be fully realized. Like it's taken so long to even get to where we are that mm-hmm. I can understand why sometimes people are like well, you know, this movie is good for young adults, or like Rami is important for people, and I'm just like, first of all, I'm gonna be outright upfront. They're all about Arabs and brown people. So, like, again, black Muslims get completely left off. Latinx Muslims get, like, the breadth of, I mean, there's so many different Muslims. So it still ends up being the same stories. And so no one can even realize, oh, shoot, there are actually Muslims from all of these backgrounds. Shocking. Well, even just, you know, Sahar mentioned earlier, um, reverts. And in particular, the white or white passing revert in media has it, it exists in this weird intersection of Islamophobia and white supremacism of mm-hmm. if it, it's kind of like if you see a revert a they're going they've I'm just going to say it, there's an element of assumed race traitorism going on so oh yeah absolutely I don't know how else to like tiptoe around it so I'm just going to say it like there's an underlying yeah. assumption of even if you don't want to admit it, there's a split second of, oh, somebody went off to the black and brown side. I, I'm just right. Let's just, exactly. If you're a white or white passing revert and you have 
white friends, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's a lot of the times it's just in microaggressions of, um, I literally had somebody who I told I reverted to Islam. The first thing they told me, they asked me was, you didn't join ISIS, did you? The very first thing they asked me. And I'm like, where are you getting this? And then I'm like, part of it is a white slash white passing reverts. We lie in this crux of, again, Islamophobia and white supremacism of you're joining a side that they consider to be non-Western, non-Christian, non-white. And it makes them very uncomfortable. And then you go see in media any roles for specifically white or white passing Muslims who are reverts are terrorists. I have converted and I have joined the ISIS and I am fighting against the noble white in the Western culture. I mean, that's all you really get to see. I mean, even just... And God... Really quick, I mentioned Patriot's Day to you before we started recording this episode because it's still one of the biggest revert examples I can think of and it's based off of a real fucking person and I'm like that's the biggest role I can think of off the top of my head and it's cursed yeah it's very cursed I think what really gets me about that is if you add in the gender aspect of it like okay it's one thing if you're a white man who converts or reverts, or however you want to call it. But then, if you're also you've been also brainwashed, woman, I swear, by a hijab. Man. Yeah, you've been brainwashed by a Muslim man. You're going to go and have kids with a Muslim man, and just the way. I mean, the the thing about this, the stuff that we talk about on this podcast and any of our podcasts on the fundamentals is that none of this exists in a vacuum, and it reflects larger fears and worries, and you know, specific aspects of in our context, this Euro Western USian. USCN, US, Euro, Western, yeah. whatever you want to call it, context of, you know, the Muslims are going to take over by taking all of our women. And so, you know, first of all, miscegenation fear. Yes, exactly. And that also just shows that then we don't trust women to make decisions. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's one thing if you're if you're a white man who converted it, so I'm like, fine, you're joining ISIS because you're an angry man. So clearly, that's what you're going to do with your life. Um, but if you're a woman, then it's like, how dare you do that? And we see it in the news all the time about Women who, for whatever reason, you know, I'm not going to try to paint it all in one way. Like, clearly, right. Like, clearly there are people who are doing this, but but why are they doing this? What has called them or made them feel like this is the only place they can go? That's a discussion for another three podcasts. Like, that's a longer discussion. But then if the only media, again, ends up being you're a revert who does this or you have Muslim parents, you grew up Muslim, you're a teenager who's really struggling and therefore, the only thing you get to discuss in life is your dating, which is super, again, people are more than who they date, you know, mm-hmm. like, why? <laughs> well, and again, there's more stories that you could easily, easily tell. If you want to do a story with, you know, a white character, have it be a white revert and that character be dating somebody who is not white and learning their potential partner's culture or their family or getting to know mm-hmm. them and having not... Um, offensive cross-cultural wire humor but just good-natured i'm trying to figure this out because i am completely foreign to this yeah absolutely because that is an experience that reavers have regardless Mm -hmm. of whether they're white or not is is the thing with with any religion but especially islam so much of it is filtered through the culture of where you're from so you know even 
even a Pakistani person who is marrying a Bangladeshi person, there's some drama there, partly because of partition, but also just because there's enough difference that it becomes the discussion. Like, my parents do joke about whether or not I'm going to marry a Muslim Bangladeshi person, and specifically a Sufi Muslim, you know, the list goes on of the identities that have to go along with that. But there's so much richness there. Or again, if we skip the meeting part, it's just like, the first family holiday after the wedding, you yeah, know, that would or maybe be a perfect the perfect film. The, that would the be a perfect the, story to tell. Because then it's funny because they've already been married for a little bit and they're getting used to like what's happening. I mean, we have so many of those films that in, in non-Muslim, without Muslims, I mean. So why not do that? Or ten years down the line, like there's a kid involved now. Like, what's it like for a kid to grow up? And like that's so much more interesting. Give me the story with the kid who has parents from two different backgrounds who are both Muslim, but one reverted. Like, I would watch that. That's a lot of fun. Because we always have the stories of people who've got Christian and Jewish parents and how they celebrate both holidays and yada, yada, yada. Give me that with, with Muslim kids. Or even Muslim kids whose parents are Muslim and Jewish or Muslim and Christian, because that does, in right. fact, exist. Or, you know, just a ton like, of Bollywood actors are like that. They're Hindu and Muslim married, and you get what yeah, I'm saying there's, there. There's that, no reason why we couldn't have a Latinx Muslim character and, you know, like, say from Mexico and somebody from either the subcontinent anywhere in and around there or even in the U.S. who is not Mexican or Latinx and just explore the very different ways that your culture impacts who you are and how you approach religion. That right. in and of itself. Exactly. I mean, you know, what if, what, what if, you know, you do have a Mexican Muslim who does still observe some parts of, you know, Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's also it's like how you absorb, how your culture is absorbed into how you express your religion. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot, I think, that you could even just explore in there. Just like a lot of little tiny stories you could tell. I also feel like, and I mean, this is just because I'm the meaner one of the two. I, I, if your only focus in life is to tell the same story over and over again because of whatever scenario you experience in your life, I'm going to be upfront and say that you need to talk to someone about it. Because again, I'm not saying that your experience isn't valid and what you experienced isn't important to work through. But if the only thing you're going to give me, and this, this isn't even specifically to one author, it's just across the board people who do the storytelling. Like, why have you yourself not branched out? I have the same mm-hmm. problem with, with authors who, in general, like, whatever they write is always the same thing. Like, you should be developing over the course of a, peri- of a period of years. It should not be the same exact, my mom and dad got mad at me because I liked a white guy once. You know, and I know that's boiling it down a lot, and I'm being kind of facetious. But at the end of the day, like, you know, people ask me all the time when they first meet their, like, I'm, for some people, I'm the first Muslim they've ever met. And the first thing I always say is, like, holy crap, I wasn't expecting you to be so loud and outspoken, which... <laughs> podcast for another day but at the end of the day like i'm not gonna write a story about that who cares like i brush off my shoulders people have never met muslims before sorry that they unfortunately don't know what muslims are like and think we're all quiet meek mouses mice but i i'm not gonna write a book about it like that's not important to me there's so much more in my life and so many more experiences that i can write about that are way more interesting than i got bullied once which isn't to say bullying isn't wrong but you get my point like come on right well, and even then, even if you do want to do a story on, you know, guy meets girl who, or guy meets woman who is Muslim and is completely shocked to figure out that she is not at all like what he'd assumed, 
you can twist that story and make it a positive story of, oh, this guy is really into this lady, and she's not at all what he expected, and he respects her, so what does he need to do? Put it on that person, not on the Muslim who has to reconcile everything. Why can't we have it on the non-Muslim who is like, I really like this person. What am I willing to do to be with them? And have it be a positive thing, not this, oh, I really like this person and I have to give up my Western culture and my freedom and all this. You know, have him or her discover parts about Islam, you know, especially me being a revert. I've talked to Sahara about this before of, you know, and I get this question from other people, too, of like, well, why did you become a Muslim? And I'm like, you know, the assumption for a revert is there must have been some kind of trauma you went through or you were (laughs) brainwashed. And I'm like, you don't see this kind of revert journey of people actually taking the time to, even if it's just picking up Islam for idiots, finding out about the religion and realizing this is not at all what I thought it was going to be. And there's, you know, or there's parts of this I actually really like. And then I'm finding out more about this. And I'm like, this is actually really good for me. Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, we don't get to see those stories either. Why is it never the other guy has to, why is it never the other partner, ostensibly the white guy? Because this is the story that we launched off of. Why is it never the other partner being like, oh, I'm going to, learn more for you and then finding out it's like oh i actually really agree with islam maybe i want to revert why is it never that mm-hmm. right it, it's always this assumption that it's going to be the muslim partner who gets shafted and it ends up becoming about the white person after all mm-hmm. right because then it's always through that lens of well here's what this muslim person is gonna have to do usually brown um to to make it so that the white person can be accepted into their family and yeah, like, why the is thing it is, never the white person that's like, what do I need to do? Why can right. they never because have I, that? Actually, this is really healthy for me. This is really good. I've been missing something like this in my life. Why do they never get that right. epiphany? Right. Well, because one of the things that Islam is good. I mean, that's the real problem, right? We're so focused mm-hmm. on the fact that, like, we've got a history of Islamophobia um, that has made it this way that we've never actually sat down and wondered, what is Islam actually like? Because at the end of the day, especially in the U.S., Christianity dominates everything. So even right. I regularly think about Judaism or other cultures because it's not like we learned about it. And your fifth grade slash middle school one-week session on different religions of the world is not at all enough to truly understand the nuances. Because, I mean, you've heard us talk about this. Islam is super complicated because there's a billion schools of thought and everybody has their opinion. But that's what makes it so beautiful because mm-hmm. there is complication. It is complex and it's not one way works for everyone. Really, all we have are the pillars of Islam. You're not supposed to be a butthead. Like, go forth and prosper and be a good person. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, and this is my thing, and I think I may hammer on this more because I'm a revert, and I just, my approach to this was I grew up as somebody who had marinated in Christianity all my life. And, you know, Sahara and I have talked a little bit about how I came into deciding I wanted to revert. But for me, that was a very joyous discovery and journey. And there was a lot of joy attached to it. And there was a lot of, for me, there was some baggage with Christianity that almost a sense of euphoria that I could let go of. And it was very healing and it was 
happy for me. But you would never know that looking at the media. Right. You know, I don't know that I've ever seen a depiction of, you know, a Muslim reverting or talking to somebody about their faith. And it's in just such a positive, joyous light outside of maybe like Miss Marvel. Right. You know, or you see a few instances here or there, but there are these little blink and you miss the moments. Like, yes, I loved Grey's Anatomy with Dr. Kadri and the moment with her hijab of like, you know, my faith calls me to serve and I was serving. So why are you making a big deal out of this? Or, um, right. But they're not consistent. And right. it always turns and it's not back like the show's into, about her, so... Yeah, and it always... It just goes back into the sense of otherness, almost. Instead of, why are we not having more ex- explorations into what is good about Islam? And the we have all of these movies, what ends these, up happening... Really quick, and then I'll let you talk. Uh, we have all of these no, movies... No, you're fine. <laughs> ...that even if they aren't explicitly Christian, they still have Christian themes about somebody does find their faith or dig deep enough or believe in God enough, and that's how they get through and they make the day and like there's nothing even in the media we are making that really goes over that with Islam yeah well and I think what's really just frustrating is that even when you've got Muslim characters who are the lead I mean I've talked at length about how much I really enjoy Zari and obviously we've talked about Doctor Who we did a whole episode about Doctor Who and yes but I think about the bull type what's so what was so distressing about the bull type specifically is that she was only there as a function of being a love interest. She doesn't get to be a fully realized character. So even if we do get Muslim characters who aren't straight, who aren't, you know, your usual South Asian... I mean, she is Arab, but, like, you get my point. Like, even when we get queer, LGBTQ, whatever you want to identify them as, Muslim characters or just Muslims in general who aren't the same old, same old, they're still there only by the function of the main character. And in Actually, this situation... Persian, it became just... So we're on the record for that. Sorry. Mm, good to know. Um, and, oh, yeah, you're right. For some reason, I was thinking she was from, okay, anyways. The yeah, point we is, don't want people <laughs> thinking you. we're conflating the two. <laughs> no, no, you're right. I was thinking of a different, uh, confusing characters because the struggle is real. Um, but what I wanted to say, though, is that, you know, again, she ends up being there because of cat. We don't get to mm-hmm. have her be herself. And then the whole thing is, like, she her takes her hijab anyway. and she needs cats. Right, and, like, and then it becomes this thing of, like, she has to change for Kat and Kat's parents. And, and like, not wearing her hijab when she meets her parents and all of that all of that stuff. And it's so frustrating because at the end of the day, while there are Muslims who would do that because they do want to make their partner's family more comfortable, they shouldn't have to. And that's, I think right. that's the crux of what we're talking about here is that the Muslim character shouldn't have to deal with this, like, like the character in Hala and Rami and whatever movie with that one comedian who dates a white woman. Like, it shouldn't be that you're only allowed to be accepted if you do everything you're, quote unquote, not supposed to do. Which goes back to conversations we've had in previous episodes about, again, like, Islam isn't just about what we're not supposed to do, quote unquote. It's also about all the other things that we do focus on. It's about mm. being a good neighbor and being a good member of society and being productive in healthy, wholesome ways and working with family and the, the list is super non-exhaustive because there's a lot of different things. Again, it just goes back to, well, they're not allowed to eat bacon, they're not allowed to gamble, they can't drink alcohol, they're not supposed to have sex before marriage, even though like so many other religions have those same exact rules, but whatever, we don't talk about that. 
Mm-hmm. And so then the same shit is put in every single piece of media. And it's just super annoying because we're more than that. Right. I think that's just the main crux of what this episode is, though, is you have to think beyond this one narrow role. Like, we are so much more than how do I conform so non-Muslims like me and make my parents come around to this way of thinking, even though they shouldn't really have to. Right, absolutely. I mean, how absolutely refreshing would it be just to have a show where the parents are like, yeah, we knew you were dating this person. We're fine with it. Just don't sneak around. Come back before 12 p.m. Like, whatever shenanigans. It doesn't mm-hmm. always have to be. I mean, again, like I said, I know parents whose, kid, whose kids are dating other people and the parents are okay with it because, like, I think this also, actually, you know what, I just realized, this goes back to my frustration with always showing teenagers as always lying to their parents because that's what we're told we're supposed to do. And unfortunately, generally across the board, parenting in our culture, and I mean, like, the worldwide culture is very... Media always portrays it as, like, kids can never trust their parents. And while there is some truth to that, there are plenty of kids whose parents get along with them fine. And there isn't this level of we don't tell my parents things because they're going to get mad at me. And so I think that's another thing that's really frustrating is it always ends up putting these older parents who are immigrants or, quote, unquote, more conservative in this light. Clearly, they're going to be a problem. And clearly, they're going to disown you or whatever the... Yeah, and in reality, it could just be that the parents see that this person you're interested in is actually a raging jerk, and it's not that they have a problem you're dating a non-Muslim person, it's they have a problem that you're dating a raging jerk. Right. Who doesn't treat you well. Or, you know, just, you know, here's the thing, even, not everybody has a good relationship with your parents, but there are a lot of people who do, and... The parents just want to know what you're doing so they can help guide you to be a better adult. Right. And if we're training no people ever wants to not to talk to their parents, <laughs> then that doesn't happen. You yeah. don't get that guidance. Just frustrating. Mm-hmm. And, like, again, like, we, you know, we talk about this a lot in all of our episodes, so it's not that we're just trying to, like, rant for an hour, but, I mean, we just want people to think about when they're seeing things in the media, when they're seeing critics say, oh, this show's really great. So just be thoughtful about the ways in which those shows are great, but also aren't great in other ways. Um, you know, maybe they are really funny, but also, again, the, sto- the message is, well, the person can't have parents being really mad, and it becomes this focus on the dating as opposed to the focus on the relationship building or the moving forward or the they're already married and now they have lost the turkey because they're trying to do a Christmas because one of the family members is Christian. You know, like there's so many different stories mm-hmm. that you can tell. It's an infinite amount of stories and it just ends up the being... Mus- the Muslim experience is so deeper and so much richer than what is currently being conveyed. And... Yeah. We're not saying that particular story isn't important, but that shouldn't be the only story that we get told ad nauseum. Because, again, representation is not going to magically fix everything, but it's going to be a problem when non-Muslims only see this story. Pretty much. And, again, do the stuff about reverts, like, just be more thoughtful, because, yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if there's statistics. I'm going to go look up while you speak on reverts. Yeah. Here's the thing. 
I'm just going to give you a little piece of advice for anybody who has a revert friend. Don't ever ask them if they reverted because they want to join ISIS. <laughs> that is so rude. And don't make it's your just revert so friend. And here's the other thing. Also, don't go to your revert friend and be like, well, what do you think about ISIS then? How do you justify being a Muslim with X, Y, and Z? I'm like, I don't know, Karen. How do you justify being a Christian when Christianity was used as a staple as a genocidal war on the Native Americans to take this country and or to keep black people in slavery and hang them in the Jim Crow South? You don't see me telling you that you have to justify (laughs) and answer for all of that. So why am I having to answer for this? Tell me that, Karen. Why? (laughs) I wasn't prepared. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. I guess, honestly, at the end of the day, I think what it all comes down to, and it's something that we're always just trying to get at, is that there's room to tell a thousand billion stories. We should be telling all of the stories, and we should be more thoughtful about the stories we're putting out there because, mm-hmm. again, representation does not change the whole world, but it affects the way that we live our lives and what we perceive about other people. And it's why people who've never met a Muslim before come up to me and are like, oh, my gosh, you said a curse word? Haram. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. It is haram, but also I'm a person who does all sorts of things. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, our entire podcast is haram just because of how much we heard. <laughs> it's Inception. Inception, that is... not, that's haram if that's wrong. Um, haram yeah, Inception. Be more thoughtful about what you're consuming. And, you know, people who do make films or movies or any kind of media is like, I would hope that we're pushing the boundaries of what has been told. And instead of just playing it safe on, let's tell this one narrow story time and time and time and time and time again. Yes. I would also like to add, I completely forgot earlier, so we're going to rewind for like five minutes. But you made a comment about like holiday movies or whatever. And I think it's really interesting because just this past Friday, well, Friday for us, on the, I have to look it up, the 15th, um, THR Hollywood Reporter has a podcast with Daniel Feinberg and... Leslie Goldberg, and they talk about different TV things, and they actually interviewed the CEO of the company that's, like, in charge of um, Hallmark and, like, talking about their Hallmark Christmas movies. And his whole thing was that Christmas is not religious for us. It's just the Christmas season. And I think what's really interesting about that then is that, like, if that's the case, like, why don't you show a Muslim family who also happens to do Christmassy things? Because there are Muslim families who do that for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. You know, and they are going Hi, to have to... Hi, I'm one of them. <laughs> right. And there are two... I mean, there are also people who are raised Muslim who do it. Like, that's my thing is it's not just this, like, trying to figure out, like, how a revert handles their past religion and current religion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're also doing two movies with um, one person... One partner is Christian, one partner is Jewish, and, like, kind of doing that. But they're also... Again, their whole thing... His whole thing was, like... We don't want to do religion. We just want to do this season, which is a podcast for a different day. But what I think that's interesting about that then is that, like, if Netflix and other companies are moving into the religious movie sphere, like, show me the Muslim family during Eid. Show me the Jewish family during Hanukkah. Show me the romance that's happening. (laughs) Show me Ramadan with the non-Muslim partner trying to help their partner. Because, you know, Ramadan is a time. Like, it's a very joyous yes. time, but it's also a time. And, you know, what's right. it like? Show me what it's like going on with Ramadan. 
Show us the first Ramadan with the couple together after they were married, and there it's the other person in the in the in the couple converted. Because a lot of partners do eventually revert for their like for actually liking Islam and believing in God, not just because they got married and their partner's parents were like, "You must convert." Da da da. Anyway, the point that, though I would love is to that see that would be really that, great. Like the not the oh, you have to revert because there's this expectation or. You know the in-laws are getting on to, but it's just because you find out more of the faith, and you're like, this actually really makes sense to me. Because right. I genuinely have the part, want to. Have the... Exactly. And now I really want that movie. The non-raised Muslim partner wakes up for the first fast, and it's like, yo, wake up! Aren't we supposed to be eating? And the other partner's like, no, like let me sleep. And the non-raised Muslim partner is like, dude, we really have to eat. We have, like, ten minutes. And then just, like, the hilarity of, like, running into the kitchen, waking up the kids. I mean, there's just so much fun there to be doing, and we just don't do it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I only watch generally American slash, like, Netflix European media, so I don't know what there is out there in other countries. But I know from Bangladeshi <laughs> Bangladeshi dramas where one out of three shows will have someone die, which is weird. Um, there's all sorts of Eid dramas where it's just, like, the couple's getting together and then they have Eid together and, like, the whole fancy shenanigans of just, like, we're going to get married right after Eid, because you don't get married during Ramadan for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. And so just, like, how much there is to explore with that. Talk about the firsts for the family, the firsts, or the last, or the middle, like, whatever. There's just so much more than, I'm 17 and my mom's going to hate me if I date a white person. I don't know why I'm I say that. I really wrong. don't. But that's how I felt. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to jump out of my bed and climb out the window and someone's going to play their boombox and the aunties next door are going to be like, what are you doing? And it's going to be really uncomfortable. And just, no, like, stop that. Give me something else. Just no more of that. Heck, give us, give us the aunties actually being like, okay, your daughter likes this man and he's not a shitty person, so we're going to put them together. How can we, like, have an auntie who's really supportive and like an quote unquote progressive who likes the other person and it's like yo you are going about this all the way wrong give me a romantic comedy about the aunties trying to get this person you know educated so they don't make a fool out of themselves in front of this muslim person that they're really into give me aunties who are dating again after like a divorce there or a sad death like in hallmark like ugh. So Moral much, of the story is there's there's stop so much, writing the same shit. Yeah, <laughs> give us more stuff, and we will have less to be angry about. On that's wrong. <laughs> all right, so I think that's about all for us this time. Before we start plotting our own like Netflix movie, so thank you guys for tuning in. If you do have any questions that you know, you've been thinking about for a while, but you're uncomfortable asking maybe another Muslim you might know or you don't know any Muslims to ask, you can always drop us uh, a line in the comments of any of our articles. We will eventually see them and we can maybe um, talk to you about that or do an episode around it. Also, don't forget to check out our other podcasts, The Fundamentalists, Ladies First, Beneath the Screen of the Ultra Critics, um... Right to Survive. We have an upcoming one called The Fandom Meeples you should check out as well. So, I mean, we have an entire sorry, podcast network you. getting ready to launch. So, just check out our podcast. And thank you guys again. Um, I don't know why Sahara is laughing at me. But thank you guys for tuning in. I'm and not, we do appreciate I promise I'm not us. laughing at you. I just list, I love listening to the list of podcasts because I think that it's great that we have so many. And every time Corey goes for it, I'm like, okay. 
she gonna remember all of them that's all i promise i wasn't laughing at you well let's hope i did <laughs> sorry if i forgot your podcast <laughs> um anyway so thank you guys for tuning in um we do love hearing from you and again if you do have any questions we'd love to entertain them too just don't ask me if i'm going to join isis and don't ask <laughs> Sahar stupid questions about like wearing hijab that she's already gone over thanks y'all we good are we good we're good <laughs> Bye. <Bye-bye. Yeah. laughs>